You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 214, Leadership Lessons from the Gospel of Matthew, Part 2. You know, last week we started this series, and we're going to be pulling some some leadership lessons out of each of the Gospels, and we're going to be looking at leadership in the life of Jesus and also in the life of His followers. And so, last week we we looked at, at uh, some things from the Sermon on the Mount. We actually talked about uh, leadership in the context of the Beatitudes. And if you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Um, I think it'll really help you. Today, we're going to stay in the Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to be talking about um, really uh, three key things that cause leaders to fail and to fall. Don't go away. We're going to be right back, but I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond 2.0. This is a a book on leadership, supervision, management, personal productivity. Um, Really, it's designed to help you be successful. The chapters are all just relatively short, just a few pages, and immediately actionable. There's discussion questions, and this is really the kind of book that you could use to help yourself. You could also do it in a group study. Um, This would be just a a wonderful tool to use in a small group study because it's going to help people on so many levels. So check out Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond 2.0. There'll be a link in the show notes. Well, all right. Let's talk about um, a few more leadership lessons. We're going to find these in the Gospel of Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount. And if you're not not familiar with what I'm talking about, the Sermon on the Mount is from Matthew chapters 5 through 7. And it's really one of Jesus' complete sermons. It's a complete message. Often, I think what we get uh, when you read the Gospels are, are snippets of a message where Jesus was teaching or preaching. And you know, just giving you not the full maybe 20, 30, 40 minute or hour long message that Jesus was sharing, but you get bits and pieces of it. You get what the writer thought was important. But I think the Sermon on the Mount is probably a complete message. So um, we're pulling from it. Last week, as we said, we looked at uh, leadership lessons from the Beatitudes, which is the very first part of the Sermon on the Mount. But today I want to pull out three things that cause leaders to fail and cause leaders to fall. The first one is this, improper relationships or sexual misconduct. What does Matthew have to say about that? Really, what does Jesus have to say about that in Matthew's gospel? You know, it's it's not that hard to, to, to see how this is applicable today 
when we read what Matthew says here. Listen to what he says in, this is what Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 5. This is chapter or verses 27 to 30. Um, Jesus said, You have heard the commandment that it says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now that sounds awfully extreme. You know, first of all, Jesus tells us that we can't even have bad thoughts. I mean, we know the law says don't commit adultery, but then Jesus takes it to another level and he says... Impure thoughts, lusting after someone in our hearts, is the same as committing the act. That's that's pretty tough. And then Jesus says, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Well, this is this is rough. But understand that Jesus very, very often preached and taught and used contrast and used hyperbole to get his point across. I mean, he's not talking about taking a ballpoint pen and jamming it into your eye socket. But there is something here that we need to learn. And this is a very, very valuable lesson for leaders. How many times have you heard of a leader? It might have even been a pastor or a CEO of a company or somebody who was in management in your company or organization who fell because of their morals. You know, it's a tragic thing when this happens, but sadly it happens too often. I just read a story a week or so ago of a pastor who um, basically was living a lie and engaging in immoral practices with members of his church, and obviously he lost everything. He lost his church, of course, but he also lost his own family. His wife divorced him. And Can you imagine the devastation that has been brought? You know, when I was in uh, law enforcement, once a year they would have this this teaching where we would have to sit through sexual harassment training. And usually it was a two or three hour block of training. And I remember telling the instructor one time, I said, you know what, I can teach this in five minutes. It probably won't even take me that long. And they said, oh, no, you know, we have to go to this course. We have to get certified. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, the essence of what you're saying is, Keep your hands to yourself and don't say something to somebody that you wouldn't want said to your husband, your wife, your sister, your brother. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. And yet, men and women fall regularly. So what is Jesus saying here when he says that that we should guard our thoughts? We know our thoughts take us somewhere. Our thoughts take us somewhere. You know, our our thoughts, we really, as, as a human being, we are the sum total of our thoughts. And lustful thoughts, um, are they harmless? I don't know. I mean, every, every sin starts in our head. And whether it's an adulterous act or, you know, just some type of uh, emotional affair, it all starts in our heads. It starts in our thoughts. And so we have to bring our thoughts under control well, as a leader. You, you may be supervising and managing people of the opposite sex, and it's vital 
that you maintain purity in that relationship. Um, they might even be that person who tries to initiate something, but you have to take the high road and not put yourself in a position where, where you can be compromised. So let's make sure we keep our thoughts on a higher level. Let's guard our thoughts, and let's be people who, who really um, live lives of integrity as leaders. A second reason leaders fail and fall is a lack of self-control. Now, obviously, we can go back to number one and talk about uh, immorality and those kinds of things, but but I'm talking about self-control in the area of our emotions and what we say. Listen to what Jesus said again in the Sermon on the Mount. This is from chapter 5, verses 21 and 22. He says, You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. Well, that's a good idea. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Well, that seems pretty extreme, doesn't it, Jesus? I mean, you know, people can make us angry. If you drive to work in the morning, you can get angry on the way to work or on the way home if you sit in traffic. I'm from Atlanta. We have horrible traffic. Um, You know, traffic can trigger anger in us. But as a leader in the office, the people you're managing, how do you treat them? You know, I mean, I've been there. I've had that boss who would go off on a tirade against an employee. I've even had some directed towards me. Anger, venom, harsh words, saying things that really no manager, no leader, no supervisor should ever say to a subordinate. That doesn't mean we excuse whatever it is that they did, but it's the way that it's handled. And handling it in an angry manner is never going to be healthy. You know, I've read a number of books and articles of, of, of leaders who really lost everything because they couldn't control their temper. They had no control over their emotions. There's a verse in Proverbs that says, like a city that's broken down without walls is the person who lacks self-control. How many times have people in leadership positions destroyed themselves because they couldn't get a handle on their tongue? Angry words, lack of self-control, harshness with other people. You know, our people don't deserve to have us lash out at them. If they're wrong, calm down, get your emotions under control, and then deal with it the way it needs to be dealt with. But it never needs to be dealt with in a harsh manner. I mean, even if it's something so serious that they have to be terminated, okay, fine. But they shouldn't go out the door, and the last thing they heard was you screaming at them. Um, As leaders, we have to rise to the occasion. And this often means just walking away till we calm down and then dealing with the situation later. So, these, these two things right here cause so many leaders to fail and to fall. But there's a third one. There's a f- third one. And this is financial misconduct, misuse of funds, corruption, taking bribes. 
You know, you can't hardly um, read the news or, or, or listen to the news or, or see what's going on in the news without hearing about some type of corruption. Um, I mean, it's out there. It's in government. It's in business. There's corruption everywhere. People are always looking to skim something off the top. They're always looking to cut corners. And it eventually catches up with us. Listen to what Jesus said in chapter 6 of Matthew. Talking about money. He says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths can eat and rust can destroy and where thieves can break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good and the whole body is filled with light, but when the eye is bad and your whole body is filled with darkness, and if you're, you, you, and if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? And then listen to this last, last verse. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. As a leader, we have to make sure that money is not our primary motivation. Obviously, if you own the company, obviously if you're in leadership, the bottom line is important. If you're a for-profit organization, of course money's important, but it shouldn't be the primary thing. It shouldn't be the reason that we come to work every day, because if it is, something is askew, something is amiss, and eventually it's going to hurt us. Um, I've got a good friend who works in the, in the import-export business in another country, and he was telling me that the, 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 the practices in that industry in his country, there's so much corruption. He said so many of our customers are overcharged because of people in positions over him. And he's often the guy who, who, who was being forced to implement these basically shakedown practices on their customers. I mean, if you want your goods released, you've got to pay this. And he said he felt dirty. And finally, he eventually said, I know I've got to get out of this. And he, he went and found another job because as a Christian, he just couldn't do it. But these practices where um, customers are taken advantage of or where somebody in management is, is, is looking to, to skim money off the top or they're looking to cut corners on a project so that they'll have more money for another project or more money for even, even themselves, this eventually catches up with us. And again, if you watch the news, we see it all the time. Um, you know, a CEO is taken down for accepting a bribe. Uh, a politician is taken down for accepting a bribe, um, embezzlement, corruption. These things should never be something that a leader's involved in. But unfortunately, human nature being what it is, it does happen. And so as leaders, as leaders, let us be the ones to walk in integrity. Let, let, let's just, as, as we recap and wrap it up, let's just be those leaders who walk in in, in moral purity. I mean, those sound so those words sound so old-fashioned, but they keep us out of trouble. You know, the vice president, the current vice president, Mike Pence, has been criticized because he 
he doesn't want to accept a, a, a meeting or a, or a lunch meeting with a, with a woman who's not his wife and where, where it's just the two of them in the meeting. And, you know, he's been laughed at and criticized for that, but he's also never been accused of any type of sexual misconduct. So maybe he's on to something there. You know, the great evangelist Billy Graham, um, you know, he had a ministry that spanned 50 years plus. He was never once accused of any type of moral scandal because he set up safeguards. He always traveled with somebody else. He was never alone with another woman who was not his wife. He he made sure that there were parameters in place to protect him. So let's be those people of integrity. Um, let's make sure that we have self-control over our words and self-control over our emotions. We never, never should lash out at those that are around us. Of course, we shouldn't lash out at our families, but at work as well, we should never lash out at those that, that report to us. And then financial misconduct. Let's be those people who manage other people's money well. You know, there's something powerful. If you're the CEO, you know, you obviously want the money managed well. But if you're working for another company, let's be that person who manages other people's assets well. Because if we do, God's going to take care of us. Well, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd love for you to go to davidspell.com, leave me a question or comment about what we've talked about today, and, uh, you know, let's keep the conversation going. And, you know, make sure while you're there, you sign up to get my free newsletter. It's always great to stay in touch, and your email address is safe with me. I will never give it away. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and uh, just letting you know next time on Leading and Learning, we'll be doing a few more leadership lessons for Matthew and wrapping up this incredible series. <laughs>